Hello, Saints. This is Christopher Carter, and welcome to the Discipleship Warrior Discipleship Series broadcast, Episode 7. This is uh, the final episode of Part 2, God Kind, Angel Kind, Mankind. Uh, this podcast just a little bit longer than the other ones. We're going to finish up here on this part of the series. I certainly hope you're enjoying it, so let's go. Now, let me ask you fathers and mothers a question. What would be, what is your reaction, or what would be, or what has been, perhaps even, your reaction when a bully shows up in your backyard, some bully, and starts bullying your kids and enticing them to do bad things? You get upset about that? <laughs> of course you do. How upset do you think God is about it? Pretty upset. I love that, though. I love that. A half-truth is a whole lie. So the enemy, in, in our analysis here, the way the enemy works, he takes God's word, because he's read it, and he twists it into a lie to deceive you, right, by making you an offer that's false in its final results. And the woman saw it, the scripture says, that it was to make one wise. She lusted after it, in other words, and she ate. And she gave to the man and he ate. So apparently Adam was standing right there. It's like, dude, why didn't you say something? I mean, roll down the window and ask for directions. You know what I'm saying? Come on. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He took it because he lost it. And they both entered. They didn't fall, really. They entered into sin. Oh, man, fell. But they fell because they entered in. Right? Because they engaged the enemy in a conversation on his ground, or it was their ground, but he changed the ground by changing it to a conversation about his rationalization of what God had said. Now here's the irony. Fast forward to the baptism of Christ in the river Jordan by John the Baptist. And as he comes, Jesus comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit, Scripture says in one translation, drive, drove him into the wilderness or or led him into the wilderness, another, another different translation says. I like to say, chauffeured him into the wilderness because that was God's will for his life. And he fasted for 40 days. And at the end of that time, the scripture says he hungered. I don't know about you, but I can go without two meals and I'm like tearing my hair out. <laughs> I fast. It's infrequent. I find the quality of fasting to have certain criteria and context, and I do it that way. Uh, and so that when I do it, it's, it's really rich. But Jesus was, the scripture says he hungered. And at the end of those 40 days, when he was weakest from not eating, and he hungered, that is when the enemy, the devil, came to him. The devil himself. 
How many know the devil is an opportunist? And he's patient. He's patient to look for the right opportunity. Now, he knows his time is short in the long run. But he knows how to look for the opportunity because he plays to win. Should we do any less? This is why I have a certain brutality, if you will, in a good way, with the Scriptures. And we're going to read one of those verses here in a moment in Jesus' response. So at the end of the 40 days, the devil comes to Jesus when he's hungry and weak and says, command, actually what the Scripture says there is, and, and, and if you go look at the Greek, it says, if you're the Son of God, and you are, one verse says, since you're the Son of God. But the Greek really means, I know you're the Son of God. I know you're that one. Which is a, really a ploy to, to get an entrance. Flattery is the worst form of insult, Proverbs says. So the devil comes to Jesus Christ and flatters him. Right? Since... You're the son of God. I know you're the son of God. If you're the son of God and you are, and you're hungry right now, command that these stones be made bread. I mean, come, come on. You fasted for 40 days, and you're done now. Just go ahead and do this, and, and just go ahead and eat, and, and restore your strength, and everything will be great, right? You see how subtle that is? How is this any different than what the serpent did in the garden with Adam and the woman. It's not. So he shows up. Remember I said earlier, the devil doesn't create anything new. He doesn't have anything new. He doesn't have anything new to offer. He can't create anything new. Well, all that he can do is take what God has created, what God has given, and pervert it into something that's going to subjugate you unto him because he wants to be God and he wants to have control. And in the spirit world, that's how it works. Okay? And the Lord's response was what? Man, he quotes the scripture directly, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I had someone tell me one time, and they meant well. I won't say who they are. Because when they get in conversations with me on certain things, that what comes out of me is the scriptures all the time. And it's my worldview. It's, it's the place that God has brought me, and I cannot be someone else. Okay? And I'm, I said something, and the response was, you know, I don't need a scripture to make every decision that I've got to make about something. And I was, I was reasoning in, in this decision that had to be made based upon principles and a Christian worldview, and I was trying to reason. And the, there was an objection. And I didn't perceive it to be one that was necessarily in service to the Lord's will. So I said, oh, well, that's funny, because the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, what does that mean? That doesn't mean some external religious practice thing only. What it means is, the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and the paraclete, the, one, the Holy Spirit who is called alongside to help me in everything, 
tells me what I ought to know and tells me what I need to say at any given moment because I'm a child of God restored to him in right relationship through the shed blood of Christ and his resurrection. I am a warrior in whom there is no guile because of faith in Christ. And I am equipped to, to execute, if you will, the will of God in the earth. Listen, I understand a lot of what I've said might be a little hard on some ears that are hearing this, but listen, you're, this is not, this series is not about the pation, which is a Greek word for child, baby child, or a technon, which is a Greek word for adolescents, like teenagers. This is an instruction and discipleship training, if you will, for the huios which is a Greek word that means fully matured sons of God. And when I say sons, I mean sons and daughters. Okay? This is grow up time. So that didn't work on the Lord, so the devil tries a second time. If you are the son of God, he takes him up to a, I believe the scripture says he takes him up to a high place on a wall and says, if you're the son of God and you are, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will give his angels charge over you to bear you up, lest at any moment you dash your foot against a stone. So the devil switches his strategy. He says, well, if Jesus is going to quote scripture to me, I'll quote scripture back. Out of context, of course. How I many you know the devil's read the Bible? You know, I heard, it said, I heard it said one time that after 300 years when the devil couldn't destroy the church, he joined it. If you can't say amen, say oh me, right? So since you're the son of God and you are, throw yourself down because the scripture says this. So he quotes it out of context. And the Lord responds with, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. In other words, you shall not foolishly test the Lord. Because why? It's an act of rebellion. It's an act of disrespect. It's you acting independently of God's revealed provision for you in the person of the Holy Spirit. So then he, the devil takes the Lord up and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world. He says, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me because they are delivered unto me. Now think about the context here and what that's saying. You remember when the sons of God were and the angels were presenting themselves before the Lord? There's some kind of court protocol that was going on that day and Satan also presented himself before the Lord. You know, and I can see the, the, the Lord sitting there and Satan walks up and this is what Job records and I can just imagine the Lord going, oh great, what do you want? <laughs> Loser, what do you want, right? What are you doing? 
what are you doing? And Satan goes, well, I've been walking up and down on the earth and back and forth to and fro from within it. That was a, a smart aleck answer, by the way. What he was saying was, I, I, I deceived the man and I conquered him. He sinned against you. And he's, he's a slanderer. And he's, he's, accusing the, he's accusing the mankind before God night and day. That's what it says over in Revelation. That's what he was doing. Man, dude, I'm walking up and down on the earth, back and forth and to and from, with, from within it, because all that's delivered unto me, and I am high and mighty. Look at me. Look at me. You think I'm not a god now? That's what he was saying. Arrogant so-and-so. And so I could just see the Lord leaning over on his elbow and looking at Satan going, Have you considered my servant Job? And Satan goes, Don't! How many of you know Jesus knows right where to put his finger? Boink. Because Job was a righteous man. You know, Satan didn't say, you notice Satan didn't say, who's Job? <laughs> he didn't question. He knew exactly who Job was. And he says something to the effect of, well, you built a hedge around him. <laughs> you made an excuse. Loser. Losers make excuses, right? Okay. And so they God said, All right, fine. God said, All right, do whatever. Do whatever you need to do with Spare's life. God knew what the outcome of this was going to be. He also knew that he was going to let Job be beat up a little bit. Now that'll bake your noodle. We won't go there someday, maybe, but all right. So here we are, back to Jesus. Satan offers him the kingdoms of the world. And the Lord looks at him the third and final time. And says what? Get out of here, Satan. For it is written, you shall have no other gods before me. And the, and the devil went away. Had to, because Jesus told him to get out. You notice that he was tempted three times in three separate areas. This, this, this stuff is in the scripture, man, and it's there. There's so much richness in there of, of, of why these things matter. And here's the other thing that will blow your mind, bake your noodle, whatever. They have a metaphorical significance. They have a symbolic significance. They have an actual literal significance. These things took place, and Jesus was fulfilling all righteousness here. It's all of that, all of those things. He was tempted with the lust of the flesh. He was tempted with the lust of the eyes. And he was tempted with the boastful pride of life. Does that sound familiar to you? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? But against principalities, powers, and wicked spirits in high places. We do. And so if we're to grow up, and it's the commandment of God to every disciple. Disciple means disciplined student and learner. 
You have to, you're commanded to be a disciple, but you have to choose to obey. God will never force himself on you. He's never done it to anyone. He never will. He's a perfect gentleman. He does command all men everywhere to repent, but you have to choose to obey. He will not make you do it. Period. A good father doesn't violate the conscience of his children. Okay? So Paul, over in Ephesians 6, put on the, finally my brethren, put on the whole armor of God, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, I'm going to read this out now, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Never go into battle without all your armor. And it has to be the armor that you've proven. It has to be according to the gifts and the callings and the grace on your life. You've got to find out what that is. That's what this series is about. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. What is all this talk about standing and wiles and withstand? How many of you know we're in war here? It's a spiritual war, primarily. And having done all to stand, having your loins girt about with the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all, how many? All of the fiery darts of the wicked, those fiery darts are all those lies and deceitful wiles and suggestions, those temptations. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Paul says, pray continually. If anything happened to me in the last 10 years, I became an intercessor. And not because I heard it taught. Not because it was my desire, because I ran to the Lord in my time of need and cried out, whatever it is that I need, it has to come from you. Help me, O oh God. And after several years of this, I woke up one day and realized I've become an intercessor. That's all I do is pray anymore. Pray without ceasing, the scripture said. And I'm going like, duh. Duh, Chris, duh. <laughs> Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may openly, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. We've been talking about what were mysteries in the gospel, but now some are revealed to you, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Okay, in conclusion, this series of episodes that I call God kind, angel kind, mankind, is to lay a foundation so that you can begin to think about who we are, where we are, and some of the reasons why. Purpose 
matters. God has drafted you. He's called upon his family to join him in this campaign. And it is an unbelievable, unspeakable honor to be called to this. And the, the rewards of which will reverberate for eternity for you and I. And the present sufferings of this world will fade and seem like nothing when those days come. Okay? All right. Amen. Wow. Well, that includes the Warrior Discipleship Series Part 2, Episode 7, God Kind, Angel Kind, Mankind. I'm Christopher Carter. I certainly hope that this podcast has been beneficial to you and that you've been able to learn some powerful things about spiritual warfare and about your place in Christ. Go out and make it a great day. Remember, Jesus is Lord. Hello, everybody. This is Christopher Carter. I would like to tell you about my latest book release entitled No God, No Self, No Others. That's no spelled K-N-O-W. This is a book of truisms or maxims that I began writing in the early 90s when I would be out on a prayer walk or during my times of personal devotion, and I was trying to solve a problem or to make a particular decision. For example, to face challenges in life is human. It's how we deal with them that makes us who we are. Or, youth always expires and wisdom never expires. It's a great devotional book. The chapters are very short. You can open up pretty much anywhere and just read the maxim and then read the commentary. I believe it will help you in your devotional. It's available in Kindle, paperback, and hardcover on Amazon.com. You can find out more at my website at www.christopherlincarter.com.